Hello, friends. Welcome back to the TFC Audio Project. On this episode of Shop Talk, Mike and I discuss temperature exposure. Inspired by a recent sweat lodge experience that we had together, we decided to research the physiological and psychological benefits of both heat and cold exposure, and we share some of our personal experiences and why we enjoy regular doses of cold and hot exposure um, experiences in our own life. Really enjoyed the chat, and I hope it inspires you to do your own hot-cold experiments to discover the benefits firsthand. This episode of the show is sponsored by TFC App. With a global tribe of over 100 foot nerds now, we set out to create a platform that allows the tribe to share our collective learning journey and inspire people around the world to reconnect with health by living a more natural lifestyle. The app is free and includes videos, podcasts, book recommendations, blogs, and recipes that have been curated by tribe members. The mission was to simplify health and deliver clarity through the noise of the internet. If you head to the website, thefootcollective.app, you can use the web-based version or you can download the iOS version. We're still working to optimize Android and that should hopefully be ready in the near future. The app is a constant work in progress and we appreciate everyone's patience and feedback as we continue developing the platform and trying to improve it to serve you better. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the Roasters Pack. Our team at TSC Head Office are big fans of coffee before 11 a.m. And this Canadian company offers an awesome subscription service that delivers you three awesome coffees to your door each month and also gives you the story behind each of the craft roasters that the beans come from. You can check out the roasterspack.com, use the code FOOT at checkout, and you'll get seven bucks off your first month of any subscription. Last but not least, this podcast is sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport gear to and from our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality, professional grade hard cases that keep your electronics or precious goods safe during travel. And you can check out what they offer at nanook.com, N-A-N-U-K.com. That's it for sponsors. So let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. Hello, folks. Nick and Mike back here to record another episode of Shop Talk after a bit of a hiatus in the new year because of a busy travel schedule. Uh, But we're back today and the topic for discussion is going to be temperature exposure. So we're going to talk about heat and cold. Um, You know, our recent experience together with a sweat lodge ceremony in Costa Rica stimulated the idea of um, covering these topics and kind of unpacking cold and hot and Um, You know, we're going to break down the physiological effects, the psychological effects of both hot and cold. And we're going to end with just kind of riffing on some of our personal experiences, uh, including the sweat lodge, the recent sweat lodge that we did at the end. So, you know, just in terms of defining it, temperature exposure refers to a short term exposure to extreme heat or cold, which basically induces a thermal regulatory response by the body. Uh, which involves neuroendocrine and cardiovascular mechanisms to restore the body back to baseline and essentially condition the body to be better at dealing with future stresses. So it's like a workout for your temperature regulation system. And I think it can be a spectrum too. And a lot of people, I think, uh, are shy away from it initially because the the extreme forms of it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, so it, it can be a spectrum from just like getting in, in a mildly cold shower at first and then right. building it up to, to something... Um, which we'll get into. But I think the the biggest thing setting the stage for why this is uh, beneficial and, and can be important um, and help you out is that essentially we've adapted to a very narrow physiological like window of temperature comfort, uh, especially in the Western world where we live right. in like ACs and uh, Furnace. furnaces all year round. So a lot of people adapt to this um, 
two to three degree range in many cases <laughs> where where it's like okay this is my this is my set point my physiology my psychology everything is adapted uh to this in terms and that's just a big part of the environment is temperature right it, it actually dictates a lot of like if you hear what a lot of people talk about in their mind all the time it's like oh it's hot today it's cold today it's, it's a big part of our life is is temperature but if we've adapted to a two to three, you know, that's just throwing it out there, two to three to five uh, window of comfort, then anything outside of that starts to really throw us uh, astray and kind of stress us out and, and cause us to right. um, have undue stress mentally, emotionally, um, and physiologically. Yeah, yeah, people do this all the time in Canada when it gets cold. By the way, if you live in Canada, it gets cold every year. Gets, in Ottawa, it gets pretty damn cold. It happens every year. It's not a shock. Mm -hmm. uh, but people always start to complain about the temperature. Say, oh, it's too cold. I can't go outside or I can't do this. It's like, well, you just need to get better at dealing with the cold. You live in Canada. Yeah. You may as well get used to it. You may as well. I think it's actually like a treat, right? You go to somewhere like Costa Rica, like we were at a couple weeks ago, and it's hot all day long. The sun just wears on you. And you know, part of me was like, oh, I kind of missed the cold a little bit. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, once you learn to play with cold exposure, we basically have cold exposure available to us for a massive period of time in Canada. You walk outside in your shorts, you have cold exposure. So we'll talk about the different kinds of cold exposure. But, but that's um, an important point, too. Like, I think... Well, in Canada, we have the whole range. So in the summer, too, it's the opposite. People will complain because it does get quite humid here right. and quite hot. In and Ottawa, people, in particular. Um, people will complain about how hot it is. And yeah. It's almost like they've <laughs> taken the range that they're comfortable inside. So maybe it's like 17 to 22 degrees where like indoors. And they, they've projected that to the outdoor environment. So they're like, if right. it's not within my indoor environment outdoors, then it's either too hot or too cold, which is like most of the year. So it's like, <laughs> there's only like a so handful of days <laughs> per year where they think it's nice or, right. or comfortable. So that can be, um, yeah, that's that's huge. And it's just in the background where it's unconscious for a lot of us. Yeah. So we're not going to get into the super deep physiology, although I think coming from a biology background, um, when I read that stuff, I find it super interesting, but I think it's pretty dry for the kind of probably the audience that's listening to this. So we're not going to get into the deep physiology, but we will talk about kind of the, the um, superficial level physiology of what happens when you go into cold or hot uh, and mm -hmm. expose yourself to those things. So why don't we start with cold um, so that we can finish off with uh, with the sweat lodge at the end of the heat section. Sounds and good. last night I did a bit of research by watching the Vice documentary about Wim Hof. And if you haven't seen this, I definitely recommend it. It's 40 minutes. It's really well done by Vice. And Wim is a super charismatic dude with a, a very interesting story. But um, I think there's different kinds of cold immersion. Right? Yeah. Like what is cold? I think when people say immersion, we think uh, liquid, like immersing yourself in water. But, um, you know, you can literally you have a stock tank. So you yeah. have liquid cold immersion available to you. Uh, you can go for a river dip. You you know, Nordique you has cold tubs. Exactly. And a lot of this is just like one other thing is just, again, why are we doing this? It's because our body actually has the built in mechanisms to to control uh, and regulate. So like when we get into the cold uh, and get into the hot, uh, our body actually, there's these physiological mechanisms that actually uh, allow it to adapt to that and shunt blood where it needs to be shunted, um, hormonally uh, raising metabolic rate, lowering metabolic rate. So all right. of this is basically, why are we doing it? So we, we can get our body adapted to this wider range of of uh, built-in mechanisms that it already has. Like an animal in the wild has all these things too, and they're using it regularly and just we're not. So so we can actually get better at doing this. And it's actually just 
a global physiological uh, response that we're tapping into, which is like good for us because it's something that it's like when we don't ever go to the the gym or, or like uh, yeah. run or like if we don't ever use like that's why exercise is so good too. Is well, like this is kind of like exercise for your thermoregulation yeah, for your body's exactly. ability to regulate temperature, and I think um, like you know it just makes you more resilient, more robust, right? So that if you ever encounter these things, if you ever go somewhere really hot or really cold. If your body's been exposed to it, has developed a response to it, you're just going to be better at dealing with it without exactly. getting like heat stroke or frostbite. And even like when you talk, hear Rhonda Patrick talk about it, even beyond the use case of it, like that might be the actual uh, uh, applicable use case is like you're actually better at dealing with the environment. But beyond that, even if you said I'm not using it for that reason, it's still good for all of these systems in the body because it actually is like extra right. exercise for the body. So it's like there's multiple use cases. And then there's also the psychology of it, which we can get into as well. well that's, that's I think. I don't know about you, but the main reason for hot and cold exposure for me is the mental side. It's yeah. not, you know, the physiological stuff is cool to know. Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot more research on it now. And, and it's cool to have these benefits for your body in the background. But I, I really don't give a crap about those. Like, that's not the reason that I do that. I go into a cold river no. at all. Um, so I, I think the psychological yeah. side is super powerful and super interesting. Um so yeah. so if we start with like let's mainly spend time on that then um yep. but just like a few physiological things uh for cold essentially what is it doing like when you when you get into some sort of cold it could be a cold shower it's all spectrum it could be immersing your, i think uh, i you'd agree immersing yourself in full cold um is like body wide is going to be the most powerful yep. uh, aspect but um, and someone told me that the the like peak of your neck like you're you're almost like you're um that big spinous process back there when you get above that level it, mm. it it's like a big a major threshold so if you get in and you just go like chest yeah uh, versus going into like neck there's a big difference in how your body responds to it so full body immersion is like king when it comes to cold i think and a lot of that too is just uh getting outside when it's actually cold is cold is like probably your easiest form of cold exposure and a lot of people or don't even consider don't consider that for some reason they're like oh do you do cold showers it's like well no I, like I, I walked outside today and they're like oh that's cold exposure yeah, yeah it is and it's weird that uh but you can literally just go outside with clothes maybe that are uh under the level that you normally would the beauty is you're not going to die because you yeah, can tra- exactly. you can plan your way it's optional you're literally to do it. like unless you're you're on like a if you're if you're out in the there's a difference between being out uh, and like forced into the cold. If you're on yeah. like a uh, an outdoor trip and you like and you get lost, get lost, you like whatever. So, but if you can walk around your neighborhood for ten minutes, you're not going to die. And you can go in like a hoodie instead of like a big parka, and that might be your form of cold exposure. Oh, dude! Um, I, I, so the grocery store um, that I go to is about it's about an eight to 10 minute walk from my house yesterday i went there in shorts and the ultra threes which are like <laughs> shoes basically with holes in them and it was kind of rainy uh it was probably like two degrees celsius and it was just like damp and not that nice but i was like screw it i'm gonna go grab some st- i needed like a couple fruits or something like that so i walked there in shorts and the ultra threes and just like a light long sleeve and people looked at me like i was a leper mm-hmm. people looked at me like what is this like are you stranded are you homeless like that uh, the looks i got were so and it's crazy because the older it seemed like the older the person was the the crazier the look i got yeah so these people are just like that's uh, thought it was so strange and it's and people don't think that you can do that and that's actually a really good dose of mental training and training your body to get better dealing with cold 
I, I actually went for a walk last night in my shorts too. <laughs> yeah, in the rain. Just because yeah, we're like, the just because uh it was only like a ten minute walk as well. But why not? um <laughs> the rain coming down. It was just it's kind of uh once you flip the switch from you'll notice like when wind or rain is on your face, you have this like tension face initially where it's like, ah, but then <laughs> you can, once you are aware of that, you become aware of that and then you can like release your face and yeah. just be like, oh, this is actually the sensation of just wetness on my face is not bad. Exactly. Uh, I've just been trained to think that it's like a stressful event. As soon as you decide so then, that it's not terrible, it's yeah. no longer terrible. So you can have a <laughs> smile on your face walking around in the rain, getting it all over your face. Um, and the same goes for like cold wind. Um, right. I was like, tensioning like clenching my jaw and it always happens but the better you get at like becoming aware of it becoming mindful um you can just feel the i think a big part of it is like just feeling the um the sensation of it um and that's more for the psychology part but the sensation and not coupling that emotional like fear uh tension all that response to it where it's like oh this is just like whatever this is you've decoupled that that uh emotion negative from emotion sensation. from it um so that's that's important so people know shivering right shivering is yeah. basically an attempt for your body to generate these quick bursts of muscle contraction to essentially generate heat so that's like one of the i think responses that everyone can relate to when i'm cold i shiver um and another thing that happens is cutaneous vasoconstriction so that mm-hmm. is just a fancy way of saying the blood vessels near the surface of your skin start to constrict or get smaller and that's kind of part of the response of your body shunting blood away from the periphery and towards your core um now the extreme of that would be something like frostbite where your brain basically determines okay we're in a state of danger it's time to prioritize the important organs at the expense of basically writing off the peripheral digits uh, Mm -hmm. like your nose or your toes and we were talking about this even before we started recording but frostbite is not a straight up physiological um law it is more based on your body's interpretation of the situation so the reason Wim Hof can walk around barefoot in snow for like five hours when he climbs Mount Everest, or more than five hours, but um, and not get frostbite is because he's basically trained his brain to determine that that is no that is not a life threatening situation, and so you don't have to write off the toes or the nose or the peripherals, and you can keep perfusing them with blood. So and he's trained the physiology to be able to handle that as well, right? Uh, and he's it's adapted, yeah. And and a lot of that like. So there's this like increased uh, cold-induced thermogenesis where your body is basically also, in, ter- in addition to the shunting of the blood, it's also finding ways to ramp up your metabolic rate. And so generate heat. You generate heat. So that can happen from like your, your muscles, from the shivering response. But the shivering response, I've noticed that the more you train in cold, the shivering response gets like pushed yeah. further and further where you don't shiver as much. And you can still generate that heat um, through just this this increased metabolic rate that happens and like which by the way is burning energy is burning fat and calories also yes. so it's like a workout without doing a workout <laughs> and it kind of activates this bat like brown adipose tissue and that's this this thermogenic tissue uh, contributes to like this um, heat and thermogenic response too and that doesn't contribute to all of it but but a lot of it times um, the more we repeatedly expose ourselves to this we'll get more of this brown adipose tissue which a lot of these mammals outside in nature will have a lot of this Mm -hmm. because it just kind of like acts to insulate produce heat especially seals Uh, polar bears yeah the the winter animals have a lot bigger 
concentration of that. Yeah, we're mammals too. I think we forget that we're animals. We're mammals. We can we start to grow this stuff and literally lay this stuff down and and uh, activate these all these pathways when we expose ourselves to these, and we get better at actually dealing with it physiologically, psychologically, mentally, um, and everything. A couple other things I found was a boosted <clears throat> boosted immune function, mm-hmm. um, inflammation reduction. Now. I don't want to get too deep into that because, you know, everyone thinks, oh, you ice acute injuries. It's not just that respect of reducing inflammation. It can also refer to systemic inflammation, which is really the one we should be targeting. Um, And it also activates your sympathetic nervous system. So the cold can basically act like a workout for your nervous system because it's just lighting everything up. And the more nerves and the more pathways you light up, the more those pathways get reinforced and the better your nervous system does. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I think knowing that, essentially you get this massive bolus of sympathetic nervous system activity with cold exposure means that you're using your nervous system. You're using the, the, the neurons, you're reinforcing their function. So it's, it's kind of like a nervous system workout as well. So with that, like, I think with both, I saw that in both the uh, articles that I was reading on the heat and the cold, where is this sympathetic response um, or this, this global, like autonomic nervous system response that happens. Um, So that's important because both came to the conclusion that it, when we're out, outside of that, it helps with just like your overall autonomic tone where you're mm. you're in a more, your baseline, like heart rate variability actually goes up. So that means you have a healthier like autonomic tone. Um, and, that, and that's important. So you can deal with these stressors a lot better that are like less intense than what you, you went in for. Right. Um, and for me, a lot of that is like, I picture that when I go in is like, this is a game of like your nervous system yeah. uh, primarily at, at first, I think. And then it, so it's like, you're going to go into stress mode. You're going to tense up cold. Really for me, cold is like a slap in the face, whereas heat is like a slow constriction from like, right. uh, like a bear hug that gets yeah. tighter like and tighter. Like a boa constrictor that yeah. starts, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then like five minutes later, like, oh shit cold is just like boom and and yeah. and it gets you right away so you have to initially get that autonomic response under control and and start to use breath work which which allows you to get that more of that parasympathetic tone both the quality where the breath's coming from but also kind of the timing of the breaths where you're you're slowing that breath down and uh and people can use different it was interesting tony riddle talking about this because he was saying like a lot of people you can use different strategies you can go into like high fight or flight mode to try Mm -hmm. to like fight the cold but for me what what works better is just is the more you fight it the worse it gets. yeah calming it down yeah um so is like the best because then it's like you can just go into slow breathing and then that starts to just disappear that whole fear and then you like come to so weird when you pop out on the other side and you're more conscious where you're like oh i'm i'm here and then you can kind of like look around and then you could like talk to somebody right. um after all of that but it's so it's like what was happening before that well i was in my head and i was exactly. i was super stressed i was fighting it and it's like i wasn't even present in this world when that was happening <laughs> yeah. so it's so there's that moment where they're like oh i'm just like for me it's like i'm in my garage like it, my my stock tanks in the garage i'll pop out of that and that's when i've fought and i fought through that sympathetic response and i've calmed myself down enough where i can almost just now be present and, and yeah. just be fine because my threat is uh perception of threat is gone or, or removed like, more, it's almost like so. there's a you know the eye of the cyclone you're like the you get the as soon as you get in the water you get this it's like slapping the face like you said you get this shit storm of of worry concern your body's freaking out and then once you control the breath that essentially brings you into kind of like it's almost like you get into the eye of the cyclone where it's complete mm-hmm. calm 
bliss you're comp- you're completely fine if you control continue to control your breath at whatever cadence you want um you almost forget that you're in cold water yeah and your body then follows suit in, in its response to where it actually doesn't feel that cold or you can look at cold objectively i find it as a just a sen- the sensation of mm-hmm. it you can almost like because you still feel something you can like feel your toes and feel your you still feel something right but the feeling is just you can feel it just objectively without attaching like again that that emotion to it so it's like you can observe oh it that's interesting how my things are how my body parts are feeling it's interesting mm-hmm. um and, but then again that it comes down to like just being present and not uh and like detached from the emotion and just being like cool this is happening you can like look around at other things too mm-hmm. so you're more just being the observer of the things that are happening to your body as opposed to like in your head fighting 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 thinking you're gonna die and all of that right so, and i think it's kind of like you know the psychological side of cold exposure is very interesting because it's like no one ever wants to go into a freezing cold river mm-hmm. I, I think well probably my probably that statement's changed a little bit because i actually i actually enjoy i like crave going into cold things now when we go to nordique you know it used to be okay you spend a lot of time in the hot because if nordique is a spa around ottawa um you used to love going in the hot and now it's like i look forward to going into the cold because it's a totally novel experience it's way more of a challenge and you know it's never uh fun you still get that initial shock that really doesn't change right like no one needs to no one should think that they're going to look forward to to cold showers and be like super excited to put themselves under cold water but your tolerance to it your you know it's basically like flexing your willpower right doing something you don't want to do that you know won't kill you or harm you long term is a very powerful pathway in your brain i think to reinforce because there's always going to be things you don't want to do Right. It doesn't, yeah. I don't care how good of a life you have or how much you love your job. There's always going to be elements in your life where you need to do things that you don't have a choice not to do that aren't super fun, like payroll or taxes mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, when you start your day in a cold shower, knowing that everything in the rest of the day is going to be easier now that you've put yourself through that and you've succeeded, it's like a huge win. And if oh, you yeah. start the day with a massive win, um, the rest of the day just goes smoother and seems easier. So I think it's the psychological side of cold is so powerful. To doing something like quote unquote hard yeah. or uncomfortable. And I think that we've, yeah, that addiction to comfort comes in nicely into play here where... Um, well, it's easy to be comfortable all the time. It's weird how people... But you get weak. Can't like come to grips with these. I th- like I find this very simple concept, um, but uh, people can't come to grips with it uh, in terms of like why would you get into cold? There's still a lot of people that I'll talk to this or like why would you do that? And I'm like, well, yeah. this is why, why would I do that to myself? And then they kind of like their brain lights up a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, uh, but then it still like kind of drifts away. Where it's like for them to actually go about doing that is a whole other story. But it's like. You almost have to just go through the experience uh, a few times because then you start to see, like, why do you actually like getting in it now? It's still not the actual, that sensation right when you're in it is never comfortable, but you know the whole surrounding experience of it is a very positive thing. Yes. So that's why you're like, oh, the whole experience is positive. It's just like going out for a hard bout of cardio. It's like, do you actually like when you're in the midst of like deathly cardio? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you do, but it's more the whole experience surrounding it because you, you do, feel you good after why you're trying to torture yourself. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. And then you, you can become addicted to it because you know, like it's a positive thing for my life in general. I feel good after that. It gives me more energy right. after that. So then I, okay, well that thing, even though it sucked for two minutes, my whole day was better. And yeah. then like, so yeah, that's why you like it. Not now, because of the actual. And, and with, with that said, 
the concept of graded exposure also applies here, right? When yes. you see Wim Hof swimming under ice water, you're like, I can't do that. That guy's a freak of nature. It's like, well, that's not where he started, right? Like, just start with a cold shower. Yeah. Start with a 10-second cold shower where you take two deep breaths in the course of 10 seconds in cold and then go back to hot. You know, mm. like you have to do, has to be graded exposure. You and know, I, this, would, I would recommend getting to the other side of the of the stress, if right. you, if possible, getting to the point of calm. Because if you, because anyone can like fight a short bout of time where you're still in, you're gripping. Yeah. Um, I would recommend try to at least whatever, however breath that takes you, just get to the point where you can relax and see that, and then note it, and then you can cut it. And maybe the way to do that is regulate the temperature, so it's not absolute yeah. cold, but it's like colder. Okay, exactly. I can breathe. I was freaking out initially, but now I feel okay. Um, I think the cool thing about Canada, like we talk about this um, a bit, although we haven't really done, it would be cool one year to do every single week starting in like September where every weekend, it's just problem is travel messes with that. But um, if every week you went out, the weather gradually gets colder. And so your as your tolerance gradually builds, the weather gets colder, you're able to tolerate more. So it's like graded exposure is beautiful in a place like Canada because it it gradually gets colder and colder and colder building into like Jan Feb really nasty stuff mm -hmm. um and so I think you know the the said principle I find this very funny where people are like I get cold all the time why would I make myself even colder it's like well when you do things your body adapts so if you get cold all the time the worst thing you can do is never get into the cold because then your body never learns to adapt to it. And so people yeah. are like, oh, I find I get colder and colder, easier and easier. It's like, yeah, well, you have to expose yourself to it. Exactly. Like, that's the point. So if you, yeah, if you're not good at dealing with cold, you need to get better at dealing with cold. And to do that, <laughs> exactly. you need to expose yourself to not cold, avoid not it. avoid it. Exactly. It's like the complete flip. Um, and I think that coming back to this, what is the use case of this beyond all of this mental, there's so many use cases. Right. And again, it's not some magic pill. It's just, it's something very natural that our body is meant to do. And we're just yeah. taking advantage of it. And has but, massive physiological benefits. Yeah. But the use case of it is, is exactly that. If I'm walking from my car to somewhere and it's like one of those freezing cold days, I can note, not only I, I can note that my shoulders are up by my ears and I can say, Oh, look that again. And then I can, I can calm down, take some breaths, and then the cold starts, that feeling of cold again starts to dissipate because right. exactly what I've been through in that, in the cold tank, in the cold shower and all the other things, that's exactly it when you're walking out, right. outdoors. So you I can agree. be like, cool. And then you can be present again. Um, the biggest thing is like, that brings me back to the present. So now I can actually have a conversation with somebody. I can just be more relaxed. Even if I'm walking 20 minutes somewhere, instead of it being like, you know, like people shitting their pants the whole time in stress <laughs> mode, they're basically taking themselves out of the world and putting themselves in their head in stress yeah, mode. Exactly. So now we can take them out of stress mode, put them back into the world and be present. And yeah. now they're having a more enjoyable experience in their life. Which um, is also a massively important skill aside from temperature, right? Like if oh, you get sure. better at getting out of your head and into reality, into the present, um, then maybe you can do that when a massive stressor comes up at work and you're kind of free freak out right different mm -hmm. style response it's not to temperature it's to like a mega stressor um but maybe exposing yourself to Noted. cold and controlling your stress and coming back into reality and out of your head that training that you did that mental training essentially dose carries over into day-to-day -day life so that things don't stress you out as much mm -hmm. your tolerance to stress your ability to get out of your brain get out of your mind um improves like it's it's very powerful and it's all the same thing it, like the feeling of that fight the fight or flight mode doesn't 
isn't different for different stressors, right? It might right. be of different power and it might be of different action. The same things happening to different, like uh, on on a spectrum of like, you know, essentially uh, strength. But you you can the biggest thing is that you've note you note the feeling of what it's like. Yeah. And and then um, if you can note it and and catch it, it, it allows you the power to 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 change it. So you're exactly. right. I think it helps you overall. So in terms of our experiences, you know, we did we did the river dip with Jeff, the urban barefoot, which was interesting. He's from Miami. He'd never done that. <laughs> it was in winter and we went into a river. We literally walked through snow in our bathing suits and then went into a river, which was pretty powerful. Um, we went for a dip with Tony Riddle in the UK, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool with Felix and Yarno. And he had a really cool demeanor where he was like, we're just going to do two minutes. Yeah. And like you, like if he hadn't said that, we probably would have done about 30 seconds because it was cold as shit water. And even the day yeah. itself was cold and like my bones were cold before we even got in the water because it was yeah. damp. So. Once we, and that was after we got in. What was interesting is he said, I, I think he said, don't worry, it gets easy after two minutes. Yeah. And then it changed our perception because right. that was like 10 seconds in and everyone's like, how long? Again, we were like <laughs> fighting. We're like, how long is this going to last? How long? And then he's like, it gets easy after two minutes. We're like, oh, there's a lot of time left. Okay, <laughs> I better I better start doing something. And then at two minutes, the the weirdest thing happens is that you're like, you've gotten to the point where you're calmer, you're, you're used to it. And then you're like, well, I could probably do three, four, five. I could do more now. I'm calm. Oh, um, it's like, it goes away and it's so weird. And I had that effect even bigger when I was in Australia. So I went to this place, this gym in Melbourne called Project Better, which is an awesome gym. They let you bring your dog. It's not a gym. It's a community movement center. It was really cool. But anyway, they had an infrared sauna and two stock tanks for cold tubs. They were actually just old, old um, bathtubs. So I went there with Andy, uh, Andy Bryant, shout out to Andy Bryant in Melbourne, foot nerd, awesome dude, and James. And he's like, yeah, we're going to load it up with cold. And so we put it in. It was about three degrees was the water. He's like, yeah, we're just, we're going to do five minutes. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, five minutes. This is five minutes is a long ass time. But, uh, you know, obviously I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh shit. Okay. We're doing five minutes and we did it. And the first minute I was, I was concerned. I yeah. was like, this is really cold. I don't think I've ever done five minutes. Yeah. And but then once you hit the barrier of just like all I'm going to do is put all of my attentional density on my breath. Yeah. Five minutes went by so quick. And it was oh, crazy. Exactly. I'd never felt that before because no one had actually, you know, my continuum was maybe like a minute, two, maybe three minutes. And then all of a sudden he just casually throws it out there. Oh, I just can do five. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. So it was like a whole new continuum. And I was like, all right, I guess we're doing five. And it wasn't actually that bad. It's nice when that's taken care of for you because then it allows you... Because I didn't get to make a decision. No, yeah. It's just like we're it doing it. It almost takes the... You have to then give in. I think right. the, the power of both heat and cold is like you have to... To, to get through it, you have to give into that. And you're like, you have to come to terms with, okay, this is where we're going to be yeah. for five minutes. So you just kind of surrender I and better focus make, on what you need to. Why would I suffer here? I can either suffer or I can not yes. suffer. And and that's, um, I think that's huge because it's like anything too. For me, I have a stock tank in the garage, so it's similar. I don't use it every day. I use it like weekly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's throughout the winter, powerful. it's been about like between three to five degrees, two to five degrees Celsius. And now it's it's about that like five degree mark because it's warming up a little bit. So still very mm. cold. Um, but again, it's one of those things. And the other thing is like I find it's, it's <laughs> doing it 
alone versus doing it with people is a whole is it is different and i, yes. I would do it more uh like <laughs> i almost want to like, like invite belt. friends over <laughs> so we can like do it together because um it a lot like that's the point i'm at right now i'm like i'd do it more if i had people but yeah, yeah to do I'll it alone we'll yeah do it. exactly <laughs> i haven't uh, immersed in the, in the stock tank yet uh but yeah just like you go out and you look at it you're like okay like this is gonna get real <laughs> <laughs> and no it's like silent in your garage i would love to know those personal conversations <laughs> yeah. that you have with yourself you're like there's questions of like this is intense why am i doing this but then you once you do it again you'll you'll just and again you just go inside after and you can take a hot shower after and it's yeah. fine like but it's just the actual going through it is pretty rough at times yeah um but yeah I love, it's i love it's what good. wim says so he says that cold is his god and obviously okay. that the word god is loaded means different things to different people but he basically talks about how the cold is a noble force that's training him he says he doesn't only endure the cold he loves the cold and my favorite, and we, when we got in, um, before we got in in Australia for that five minutes, all we kept repeating was his, uh, the classic Wim Hof line, the cold is merciless and righteous. Yes. And we just kept repeating that and it just got us pumped up. But I think the, the mindset um, is kind of interesting. Like some of the really intense ones, I've basically started taking this mindset where I am colder than the cold water. And as I get in, I'm warming the water up. Okay. And I just tried it once because it was, it, Jeff told me that it was from like some show, some girl went in cold water or her, she kept having nightmares, this little girl. So her dad put her in cold, got her to go <laughs> in cold water. And, and then he was like, you got to be colder than the cold. And he just okay. hardened her up. And then uh, she didn't have nightmares anymore. She wasn't afraid of, of, uh, of water anymore because she just like owned it. But it's interesting how the mindset and your breath can just totally change the perception of the experience. Um, and, you know, the goal eventually is to include cold, cold immersion and cold tubs as part of TFC seminars and retreats. I tried to ask Karina um, to have cold tubs in Costa Rica, but I think it's a little bit tricky because it's so hot and because the place that we go to isn't like super close to everything else. So it's hard getting mm -hmm. ice there. But eventually, uh, I think having cold at, at uh, TFC experiences uh, will be a powerful tool to reconnect people with their breath, their body. But also, like you talked about, when you do it in a group, every, this is why these Wim Hof you know, method experiences have just blown up because mm -hmm. people, I think people go, they get the breath work, they get the experience of going in the cold, but they also just connect with a shitload of other people that are all doing things that are uncomfortable. Like, you know, the person next to you is struggling just as much and you're kind of like combining your energies together to get through the shit and yeah. help each other, which I think is super powerful. So no, exactly. All right, let's get into heat. Cause I think heat is um, very similar challenge in terms of, you know, it's a, it's the other end of the temperature extreme, um, but the physiology, the physiological effects of heat have been, I think, researched a lot more. And there's some much deeper stuff, like people like Rhonda Patrick talking about the value of saunas with heat shock protein. So yeah. we'll get into that stuff. Dust um, over that a little bit. You know, and I think people in general prefer heat to cold. Like I think most people would agree it's better. To go, it'd be funner to go in a hot tub than in a cold shower, but. You can have an equally challenging experience with heat when it's done in a certain way. And we'll finish off the heat section by talking about the sweat lodge because that was yeah. the most intense heat experience I've ever had. And we can even not just talk about physiological and psychological, but unpacking psychological into even like the emotional and the spiritual parts that come out when you do mm -hmm. something that puts you at your absolute threshold. No, exactly. So yeah, I, I do agree. Like there was a lot of uh, studies online, reviews, scientific reviews on um, sauna exposure. Right. Um, Finnish saunas have been some of the most, Finnish style saunas have been some of the most studied. Um, and that's like your traditional saunas, like 80 to 100 
uh, Celsius. I don't know what that is in in Fahrenheit, um, but I think it's around that like I think it's a hundred and high hundreds to close to two hundred type of thing. Um, Google will tell us. Yeah, we'll look it up right now because the some of the saunas I've been in were um, you know one hundred eighty five, one hundred ninety, or some of the higher ends that I've been in, closing right. in on two hundred. So 100 um, Celsius is 212 Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah. So getting it to the 200 so mark. 80 would be 175. Yeah. 175 to 200, a bit over 200. Um, but so that's, I think you, the big thing is, like you say, it's a bit easier to get into and yeah. it's, it's well, a bit you more. Said, you said it, it's like a boa constrictor. It starts yeah. really light and then it, it just like a, starts to push, push, push. It's funny because it starts as like a comfortable hug. It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh I'm getting hugged nice. right now. And Everyone then, likes oh, warm. the hug's getting tighter and then it gets tighter and then tighter. So everyone starts to get out when the hug starts to get a little tight for their like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't like this. I'm getting... Yeah. This uh, is a little bit too tight of a hug for so, my But liking. that's when it starts. So that's yes. like when the... It's like the equivalent of getting in the cold bath is when the... Well, not even because it's like instant. But that's when the real beauty starts is when uh, it gets a little intense there and the hug gets tight. I think um, that's one of my favorite things, actually, in terms of the paradigm between cold and hot. Because like you said, cold is all of a sudden. But hot, that, that like... It's not like cold where you know the threshold. It's like I'm out of cold, I'm in cold. Yeah. There's a big difference. But with heat, it's a really gray area of where the intense shit starts, yeah. right? Because it's so it's such a smooth transition into it. I mean, with the sweat lodge, it was really intense because it was like kind of more of all of a sudden thing when he started. But to put he water like, on yeah, the rocks. he ramped it up. But it was still pretty gradual. You can get still waves of it. I find like if, um, for instance, if you if there's like a 200 degree sauna and you like walk in, it's an initial like, whoa, okay. It like, well, a hot you, tub, a really but hot, it hot tub, like the yeah. ones at Nordique, the really hot ones are kind of like that where you get in, you almost get that skin burning sensation. Yeah. So that's exactly. kind of similar. But, and then when they do like the other things like ramp it up or like the towel, like the off part of it, then, <laughs> yes. and you feel a, a, like a, a wave of the cold, like yeah. the wind of it, then you're like, oh, and then it, it blasts you kind of similar to the cold, but not, not as intense still. But just in terms of physiology, uh, a couple of things. Again, the cardiac portion of it, cardiovascular portion of it, it's going to do the opposite. So it's going to basically shunt blood to your periphery. Mm -hmm. um, your sweat response along with that is going to really turn on. And that's so your skin can cool and that cooler blood can almost return to your, your body. So your body's going into like, let's cool stuff down mode. Right. Let's keep our internal temperature within this narrow window. Um, and so let's kind of do the opposite thing. So the blood is kind of really uh, doing its own thing you're going to get improved arterial and venous function um, and vasodilation of the small and large blood vessels over when done over time but also kind of acutely well cardiac um, output so on from Rhonda patrick's site which uh, i think it's foundmyfitness.com click on the topic of sauna cardiac output increases 60 to 70 percent your heart rate increases and 60 percent of your body's blood flow is redistrib redistributed from core to skin to facilitate sweating mm -hmm. so this massive turnover of blood from one area of the body to another is really it's kind of like a resistance training workout yeah. for your cardio system and i think that's you know they've shown that um regular exposure to regular heat exposure increases lifespan and significantly lowers your mortality risk from cardiovascular disease because you're just working you're just it training out. it you're training your it you're getting it to work to do that and right. they just never do so exactly it's like a cardio workout without even moving 
Yeah, and this they've actually likened more to those like exercise type adaptations where because in exercise two you are warming up, you are sweating. So right. there's actually a similar uh, response, a more similar response that's happening in heat uh, in terms cold. of exercise. Yeah, and it's dose dependent too. So the more you do it, the more potent the benefits. That was one thing that I took from Rhonda's stuff too. Is like yeah, it's not just doing it once in a while. It's the people who did it more had a significantly higher decreased mortality risk and and increased. Um, a much bigger increase in all their benefit markers by doing it more frequently. So it's dose dependent, which is kind of cool. And uh, other things like you go through the the review papers on this and it lists essentially like, again, it sounds like it's a magical pill, but you're, you're going to get improvement in kidney function, um, autonomic nervous system and nervous system uh, regulation and that like tone of your autonomic nervous system. Um, and then there's other things like hormonal improvements um, and improved stress uh, reduction and better sleep and there's all these other things that it'll list in some of these review papers so it's like again i think the biggest thing is like instead of thinking of oh my god why does it do so much just think it's it's a body-wide thing that's happening mm-hmm. and it happens to be good for you it's yeah. like when you're exercising well what's happening we don't have to like list the 25 things that are happening it's like right. well you exercise it ramps your system up you sleep better everything it, it improves all of these other things too so yeah. it's just good right exactly. your body's meant to to use these systems and all we're doing is simply using them and then it's good for you when you use them and training so, them training them using them a couple other little small ones heat shock proteins which um the expression of heat shock proteins goes up with heat exposure and these heat shock proteins basically help repair damaged proteins and may even offer protection against neurodegenerative diseases so you know um on the cognitive side it actually improved uh they showed improved neurogenesis and increased expression of bdnf which is oh, basically yeah. a hormone that promotes growth of new neurons that happens um, with exercise a lot too right yeah yeah and it also promoted growth hormone release so going in a sauna is kind of like taking steroids without taking steroids mm-hmm. so just a couple of interesting things that i found because i think a lot of people you're right we like to sciencetize things and say oh it does this this and this and this and people are like oh, okay that's great but that's not even the main reason to do this stuff. Yeah, that's right? like a side benefit where it's exactly. cool to know it, but it's not the sole purpose of doing it. Exactly. Uh, we get disconnected where we, we like to cognitively think of what things are doing before we actually do them. And with, with heat, just like with cold, you know, you have to play with the variables. So variables you can play with. Temperature, right? With heat, you can be really, really hot. The hottest sun I've ever been in, and this is the... Cra- I don't even understand how they're allowed to do this because like I, it almost feels like I... I could almost die in this sauna. It's so crazy. It's the bat, the Turkish bathhouse in Miami. When I go visit Jeff, it is. It's got to be two fifty plus. I go in there for three. I have a pretty good tolerance to heat exposure. I can go in a pretty hot sauna, like a two hundred sauna, for like you know twenty minutes and and grind through it. I go in there for like three to five minutes and I die. And these old dudes are just stare you down. They've been sitting in there. They're in there before you even get in there. They look like they're fine. You go in there for like maybe I don't know two three minutes. You literally look like death is is on the door, and these guys just look at you and just just kind of like cold, as just like emotionless look, mm-hmm. and you just that's see that presence. Like, weak. You can just see them say weak, <laughs> and then they're just talking to each other casually. I'm like, how the hell are these dudes? But they probably just go there every day. Yeah, and literally, their bodies are just trained to tolerate that insane, massive heat, and it just makes you feel like a punk. But it's it was it's pretty crazy. It's cool when you just observe. Once you can calm down, like it's yeah. that observer effect again. You're like, oh, and you, you observe gonna, other people, yeah. especially you're with cold. I around. love that because yeah. you can. But back to the thing: playing with variables, temperature, humidity level, duration, 
how long are you staying in there for frequency how frequently are you actually doing it so these are all variables that because i think part of it is like okay these things are good but how the hell do i get started and mm -hmm. you have to just start slow build up a gradual tolerance and know that there's a ton of variables you can play with to find whatever suits you at that point in time so so the barrier to entry i guess you could say is i mean you'd need somewhere where i mean you could go outside and on a hot day that yeah. would be one thing exercising on a hot day you could exercise on a hot day just go outside uh, get your you know get a little bit uncomfortable there but and just kind of note it that would be maybe an easier way to do things if you live in a climate that would support that mm -hmm. um but then it would be like go to a spa saunas. once in a while yeah saunas or spas where you have access to that to any form of of that um how good is it when you go to a hotel and they have a sauna yeah it's, it's like you best. hit the jackpot yeah exactly <laughs> they should so have nice. that as a feature listed if a hotel has a sauna i would pay significantly more to stay there oh yeah it especially is worth legit so much sauna yeah like uh like a, yeah yeah that's a good distinction actually. like not one that's like grimy and doesn't go that hot <laughs> yeah you're just sitting in like that smells mild. like butt sweat and only yeah. goes up to like 160 yeah you're like oh this Shit is just sauna. i'm just getting bacteria in myself right now <laughs> which is probably benefit probably, of it in yeah. itself but still no, not exactly. as fun um so let's talk about psychological benefits so you have to connect with your breath it allows you to push your mental and physical boundaries very similar to cold but it, like we talked about it's more of a gradual ramp up instead of like an initial bang shock um i found that to get through it you have to like well slowing your death breath down in, in the cold is very important but it's even more important in the, in the heat because it kind of supports what your body's trying to do you're kind of going with the body because your body doesn't want to like ramp up more than it already is so your body's trying right. to be like let's just use the least amount of energy possible yes um no so so you i think the breath um now, what was interesting when we when you go into really high heat is like I find you're forced to breathe slowly because the the air burns your nostrils and your airways. Yeah. So yes. So you have to like just drip feed air into your nose, and it might take like thirty seconds to complete like one inhale exhale. That's what I was finding in the sweat lodge. Yeah. Because um, you so, literally burn your nose. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> these very 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 slow prolonged exhales, and it's like if you're breathing two times a minute, that's an extremely slow uh, breathing rate, and that's going to promote more of that again parasympathetic, like really really down regulated and relaxed, yep. which helps you get through it as well. Um, but I found that like when I did get when I do get kind of like anxious or nervous or stressed in there my breathing will go up a little bit because you get that kind of anxiety response so so again it's it's super important to go along with what your body wants and just kind of really calm it down um and that's yeah you'll see that that even the, though the heat is more kind of like forgiving initially you can still go into that like tension mode where you're trying to fight it yeah and i think it's important to to get to that state um and and i think the big thing with heat is that the barrier to entry with the cold is just simply getting in it. Mm -hmm. That's where the you have to get through that point. But I think, again, people need to... I don't know if it's better to put a time on it. The The sweat lodge, which we'll get into, was nice because that was, experience, again, was like laid out for you. So you almost right. had to give in. You know what you could ex what to you're, expect. You're like, let's just go through this thing and whatever happens here, uh, I'm going to go through it. Um, whereas like to do it yourself, uh, I think there's an easy... Uh, it can it can be easy to just as soon as it gets a little hard just to, to get get out or walk out where mm. again that that magic happens when you can overcome that and maybe get right. to the other side of that and spend some sort of period of time in there um, in a way that that you're okay with and then you can expand that over time like those people in the the Turkish bathhouse. So I always try and set a time <clears throat> like a time yeah, goal a and time. you know what like maybe if it's way harder than what you thought you don't actually get there that's, that's fine. fine but I find often I would get out 
like it seems way longer than what it is, right? So like at if you're like, okay, I'm gonna go in here for ten minutes, and you know six minutes feels like ten minutes. So you need like almost a time anchor to remind you that okay, it's only six minutes. I got four minutes left, and I think it pushes you to go way further than where you would have gone if you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna go until I feel uncomfortable or until I can't take it anymore. So yeah, yeah I think setting a time limit and like you said with the sweat lodge, it was curated where it was like this amount of time for this many rounds. And I think that made it so that you knew what it was and you knew what you had to get through. Like there were certain, the, the variables were known. So it was easier well, to meet yeah. that, meet those um, kind of goals. That was, and what's interesting, do you want to get into that now? Yeah. So I'll set the stage and kind of just describe what a sweat lodge is. So the sweat lodge we did uh, was called uh, an inipi, which was, uh, so Alejandro um, was basically a, a, a was trained by the Lakota in this ceremonial tradition of doing a sweat lodge. So this was basically a wood frame. We covered it with towels so that it was completely dark and completely insulated from the outside. Um, and then it was, so for about two hours before this, or yeah, it was probably about maybe an hour, two hours before the sweat lodge, he comes, he takes the stones, puts them in a fire, creates an insane fire so that it's like, it's almost like a blast furnace and it heats the stones up for an hour to two hours. These stones come out of the fire. They are red hot. Uh, it actually looked, it was almost like a, a visual, it was almost psychedelic looking at the rocks. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that, but he takes the stones. We had 28 stones and it was four rounds of seven stones. So round one, he brings in uh, seven stones, puts them in the middle, um, and then the sweat lodge gets closed. He does four songs. So it's four songs for four rounds. Um, it's about an hour total. And then between each round, they'll open up some of the flaps and he'll um, just have kind of a brief conversation with people, asking them if everyone's okay and setting the intention. Uh, so four rounds of four songs, seven stones per round. He pours a bunch of water on the stones. It's very ceremonial. Um, and it's also known as a Temascal in South America and like Mexico. But so this is like a big tradition where basically, you know, um, the Lakota would go into this sweat lodge before a hunt to basically um, pray and speak to the spirits to get good, uh, to basically get good energy for the hunt. So they, and, and it kind of leverages like the elements of the planet. So you have earth in the form of rocks, you have water, um, you have fire, right? The water that he puts over the stones to create the steam. You have fire, which heats up the stones. Then you have, I guess, wind would be... Yeah, like well, air and wind. Air, I guess. Yeah, there's air in the... Uh, air is, is circulating. And, like you, you come to... The whole offshoot of that is like you come to res, uh, appreciate those things, those little things after yeah. doing it. You're like, even when he opens up a little bit of the flap, you're like, oh, air, like air. You're yeah. like getting, you're feeling it's like, wow, I appreciate relief. air right now. <laughs> uh, and then like um, between, uh, like in the middle of it, he handed out a little bit of water uh, and you're like, and just like a sip for everybody. And you're like, oh, what? Like I appreciate water. Right. So it, <laughs> you you appreciate all of these things. I just remembered between one of the rounds, we get some water and then I think it was Liv. She's like, is there going to be water next round too? Because everyone was dying. He's like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's he like, said. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Um, I don't know. But if you kind of going through, I found, I found that round one was, so we didn't, we've never, most of the people have never done this. I've never done this. You've never done Me this. Neither. We were supposed to do um, it last year, but the guy that was putting it on got uh, sick at that, at that exact, basically that exact week. So we didn't do it. But yeah, I'd never done it before. We were standing around the fire before we went in. And even that was really, really hot because there's this massive campfire. And we we were like, you know, the guys were shirtless and we were, it was like, 
we were, I was sweating there and I was like, oh my God, we haven't even got in yet. I this thought is... I was getting burnt. <laughs> I was like, cause you have to, he gives you everyone a piece of tobacco and you basically put the tobacco up to your heart and, and create some intention for just before you go into the sweat lodge and then you throw the tobacco in the fire. I literally felt like I was getting burnt. I was like, should I back away right now? Is that going to disrespect the ceremony? No, exactly. It was intense. Once you get in, and the interesting part with this one, we, we were really tightly packed. So there's there's about 25 people in it. So we were like pressed against each other, made it even more That uh, was even difficult. harder for the first round. I was so yeah. uncomfortable just from being crammed. For me, the first round was uh, definitely the most difficult because Same. I think the um, you don't have any uh, framework for what it is yet. So you don't know, again, time, uh, you don't have a timer on, you don't have a watch or anything. You don't know. So once he starts, the sweat lodge closes up. Um, he starts to like kind of drip feed the water on at first. So it's starting to warm up, but he kind of does it gradually. Like we've talked about the, the hug starts and then he'll put a bit like a big spoonful on and he'll yeah. get it going. And then he'll start like drumming, singing. And then he'll kind of, um, I think like each time he did that, he put more and more. So it was a yeah, bigger blast. Really intense. So as that's going on, as each, each kind of like bout of water is coming on, you're like, it's getting more and more intense very quickly when he and then at the end he's like almost he pours like two huge rounds of this big cauldron of water on and but you just don't know like how long is this round gonna last that was the thing that got me it was so it was hard as fuck pardon my language but it was so intense i've never ever in my life felt something that intense with heat exposure no exactly and and you're like when is this but again, that's that mind playing tricks. And he warned us about this. He's like, your mind's going to want to play tricks. Yeah. But you're just sweating. You're you're almost, and you're like, I think part of you is like, I need to be relaxed here, but I don't know how long this is going to be. Right. What it, And then the other part is like, wait, I've got an hour of this. And I don't know how long it's been. It's probably been five minutes, seven minutes. Uh, you're like, wait, oh can I do an hour of this? Is it going to get more intense as we go? Is it going to get less intense? Well, yeah, I don't you start know. telling yourself these narratives. And yeah. then at a certain point, you're like, okay, the more I'm thinking of this shit, the harder it is. And the more I feel like I, I have to roll out of this tent. So I just have to breathe and not yeah. think about this stuff. It's just, it is what it is. I'm here for, I'm, I'm buckled in. But I think that only happened a bit it. later. Like for me, round one ends and then we get a little bit of air flow into the thing i'm like okay that was round one so now you've got some sort of some sort of framework then so you're like that was one round we have four of these so now i think that helps to kind of uh reef or or frame things where it's like that was intense yeah i don't know if it's going to get more intense or less tense but at least either way i'm 25 percent of the way in yeah so so then you're like cool and then i don't know then and then he's like it was it's funny because like everyone's like wanting more air and there was only a little bit of airflow and yeah. then it's like he, he signals to alex close it up so we're like oh, <laughs> but like after the rocks have brought in we're like okay here we're doing this again one of my favorite things was that he never ever so some people left and then he would basically tell them to go lie outside by the fire on the ground uh it was cooler out there but he's like continue like basically continue the ceremony like you don't you don't leave you don't check out the same mindset continues. You're just no longer in the lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually invited people back in after rounds, which was kind of cool. But he never, he's like, is everyone doing okay? And some people are like, I need to get out. And he's like, you need to pray harder. Yeah. And then they're like, no, we need to get out. He's like, are you sure you want to leave? You he can get through don't. this. He never yeah. gave anyone permission. And it was always like three checks where he would try and console them. And then they're like, I need to leave. He's like, okay, you can leave. Mm-hmm. Do it in this way. Be careful of the fire. Remember he said, I recommend you you try staying. Yes. He's like, I eat. recommend you stay. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved it. Because a couple people actually said that. And then I think one person ended up staying. Because he's yeah. like, I recommend you stay and you pray harder. Yeah. And for him, <laughs> harder. Praying, I love that. He, he actually said at the start, he's like, when I say pray, it means like, 
it means whatever it means to you but uh, uh, it means Could meditate mean it means breathe it means find the that place in yourself like yeah. so whatever it is it's like get through that the mind saying get out of here and get to that place where you're yeah. finding same thing we've been talking about all all day yeah he demystified the word pray by giving it a much broader sense of like pray could just mean you know wish good things for someone that you know is struggling pray could mean breathe harder get out of your mind and it was it was so cool because he gave you basically a menu of options of what pray meant and none of those options were were what i traditionally thought of as pray like pray in a church where you're saying some sort of prayer he's like no just like just work do mental work to let your physical body endure more of this and i was like that is so powerful i think in round two, it was equally just as hard, but I think it started to, I started to get for myself into the flow of the the breath. Yeah. And I started to see that, uh, especially as it got intense and then it ended after that, I was in a state where I'm like, cool, both mentally where you're like, I'm halfway through it, but also I'm like, oh, I'm actually in a better state now than I was the first round yeah. because I'm a bit calmer. I, I trusted my breath a bit more. I wasn't freaking out as much. So you're like, you got kind of a boost of confidence where you're like, that was actually kind of easier in a way, even though the heat was just intense. I agree. And then you're, again, you're, you kind of reframe things. Oh, well, just two more of these, then I'm already halfway through. Cool. So then, and I think for me, that happened again after round, like round four uh, was the, it got easier as we went, which is I agree. weird. And I don't think it physically, it emotionally and mentally got easier, but just physically like, yeah. it was just as hard. I found. Just like the cold we're talking about is like, you get through that and you're like, again, I think the big shift is when you get to that point where you give in again, um, just like the cold, you give in and then you find that presence where you're just like, you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, this is where I am right now. This is the sensation around me. Um, just, this is how the breathing feels. I'm going super slow because it's burning the little hairs in my nostrils and I can hardly, uh, so cool. I'm feeling that. And so then, Again, and everyone around me is struggling also. So you yeah. vibe off their energy. You're like, that person's getting through some shit. In the third round, uh, the second and third round, people started like, I think just emotionally just letting shit go because tons of people cried. I cried like a baby for a full round. Mm-hmm. For the third round, I, did, I couldn't even stop crying. I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, whatever, I'm not going to fight it. Mm-hmm. And then I also started swaying. Like I would sway to his drum beat. And it okay. helped. And also, when he first put the stones in, these stones literally look like these psychedelic. They're orange. They're literally glowing with heat. So before the round started, he would bring in one stone at a time, take antlers, move the stone into the fire area, and that alone was like a you know a couple minute process because Alex is bringing him in from the. He's the stone slinger. He brings him in from the fire. Alejandro takes the the antlers, puts them in the center, and I would literally just stare at these glowing stones and like basically psych myself like prepare myself mentally for what was about to happen by just getting literally mesmerized by these glowing stones and i found that helped hugely because i was just like this is going to be just as hard but it's going to be just as valuable and i would just like you just like tell yourself a positive narrative that you're like this is going to be physically hard Mm -hmm. i'm not going to kid myself and and say this is going to be easy but mentally i just got through three rounds or two rounds of the hardest shit i've ever done in my life i can do this exactly it's powerful man it was little things like that too like one other thing for me that really uh kind of brought me back to reality where when one of the when the sides opened up after round two or three i forget uh i looked and i saw from my view that the 
at the common area, like where we would eat and everything like yep. in the distance. And I'm like, oh, like, you're going to there. there was, I heard like some faint music playing. I'm like, oh, there's just there's music over there. And we're going to be up there in like half an hour, like eating and like with music. And it's like really nice up there. Right. So like, it takes you out of like that hellish place where you're like, oh, I'm just that's where I'll be. I'm just here right now, but I'll be there. Yeah, um, that's so true. So that kind of grounded me. Um, that's like an observer it'll be like move. A, yeah, it'll be like a thing of the past. Once I'm up there tonight, I'll be talking about what happened back in there, but it's yeah. going to be over. It's not like I'm going to die in here. Right. So, right. um, that's important to, to kind of ground yourself. Yeah. yeah. That was a great, that was, I can't wait till the next time we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one, one of those, those things where you're not going to do it every weekend, No, but you're going to do it once in a while. You're going to probably clear through a bunch of stuff, push yourself harder than any other time you're going to do it. And I think having it be like a really legitimate ceremony where Alejandro doesn't mess around. Like that mm -hmm. dude was like, you weren't allowed to walk between, the um altar like it had like a um a pelt of like a bison and it had a couple artifacts you were not allowed to walk between there and the fire all the women um that were uh kind of on their menstrual cycle had to sit together they had to go into the tent together um they had to sit together like they got the water first it was very ceremonial and i think that made you feel like this is legit mm -hmm. like it's not just a physical challenge it's like this is a um very intense thing and he and when he talks about oh well actually one thing side note that he talked about he's like if you feel like you're gonna pass out um or fall over or lose consciousness he's like sometimes when the spirits come in into the sweat lodge they need some of your energy they need to take some energy from you so if you feel like you're about to pass out it's because the spirits are coming by and they're taking energy from you and i was sitting cross-legged and i like 25 percent of the way through one of the rounds my leg one of my legs went completely numb and i didn't right. want to move because i was right right in front of the fire and i was like shit if i if i literally untangle my legs right now it might pop out and go into the fire so i just stayed there and it went completely numb started going at my toes and went all the way up like so that my whole leg was basically tingling and numb and i was like whatever i'm just gonna deal with it and I instantly visualized, oh, some spirit is literally coming into my leg. <laughs> like I, I just like entertained that thought and it literally made me feel like, oh, it's fine. A spirit's just going into my leg instead yeah. of my leg going completely numb. And worrying about it again. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. But anyway, I think every year uh, we're probably going to do Costa Rica as like an offered as an experience for both the nerds and for people from the public. And I think every year we need to do the sweat lodge because that sure. was a super profound experience to do together as a tribe, but also personally and individually, I think, you know, the next couple of days, people all talked about it. They're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Did you feel this? Or what'd you think of this? And I think, uh, very powerful experience. Definitely the limit of the continuum of what I've ever done with heat. I don't know, but probably the same mm -hmm. with you. For sure. But And obviously with all this stuff, like you have to, like they told us to hydrate very well before. The whole day. Uh, we were hydrating. Day, hydrate after. Like obviously with both heat and cold, you just want to like make sure you're safe. Don't go alone and jump in a river. Right. Like it's just obviously yeah, that's do, do it do it safely do it with people if you can or be comfortable by uh a, like the spectrum effect and build up to your tolerance so you're not just doing things extreme that it can cause danger or harm to you right um and not just danger yeah. or harm but also like demotivate you if you do something way beyond if you go to a bench press you put two plates on you never bench press before and it pins you under it and someone has to rescue you you're probably not going to want to bench press right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not a good experience. So make sure you don't ruin your experience by pushing too hard. It's always better to start 
with less and gradually progress to more yeah. instead of diving into something way beyond your realm of competence and then just ruining the thought of doing that experience again. So, you know, I think in summary, hot and cold exposure are not only physiologically beneficial, uh, but they have insane psychological benefits. And I would argue, you know, for me personally, those are the bigger ones that I look for heat and cold exposure for. Um, and also just connecting with people. Like when we go to Nordique together or when we do a stock tank dip together, um, that's a powerful connecting experience with someone else doing something that neither of you want to do together and getting through it. Yeah. Um, and I think another big thing is just do your own experiments, try it out, see how your body and, and your mind feel, not during, cause it's not gonna feel great during, but afterwards, right? Like ex extrapolate your, um, data input like what you thought of the experience extrapolate it beyond just the experience itself because the real benefits come after the mm -hmm. real benefits come in being able to handle a way bigger stressor at the end of that week because you've already put yourself through the ringer handling the physical stress of go doing a cold shower right yeah. so anyway we hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh, we'll catch you next week